Your new buyers and sellers are now agents. Treat them just that way. Make sure that you are recruiting with intention. Your intention matters. Hey everyone, Matt Smith here, Matt Smith Real Estate Group, all or nothing in real estate. I was going through some old content and found some great trainings that I'd done in the past that I wanted to share with you. So stay tuned. There's going to be some great content and it will reference some other things because we did do it in the past, but it's such great content. I wanted to share it with you all to make sure you had it. So stay tuned and enjoy the episode. How many of you constantly hear from people all the time? I'd love to be in real estate. I'd love to work my own hours and make all this money and just sit at Starbucks and sell all these houses because I'm wearing a name tag and I love looking at houses and I want to get in real estate. Like I hear that constantly. You guys hear that too? Something I hear all the time. And so literally this process of recruiting came from me hearing that message over and over and over again. And I wanted to have a way that I could deliver what it's like to be a real estate agent in a massive scale. And so that's what we did. So that's just a part of the process, but there's so much that intricate detail that has been proven that we've worked that worked through that I've helped some coaching clients work through um, that has made this a proven process to help your recruiting game 100%. So first and foremost, here's my first rule. Everyone needs to know that you're hiring. If you want more real estate agents on your team right now, everyone in your life, everyone that drives by your office, everyone that sees you on social media, everyone that's on your email list, everyone, I mean, everyone should know that you're hiring. If your grandma walks into the grocery store, your aunt walks in the grocery store and runs into someone that happens to be a real estate agent, is she recruiting for you and saying, hey, you should join my, my cousin, my niece, my nephews, um, whatever it is, however that relative stuff works, um, join my niece or nephew's real estate company. Like it needs to be that big of a message. Everyone needs to know that you're recruiting. Like literally get a, get a TP sign. Have we got ours yet? The stick out by the road when people drive by. We're hiring for agents. Acquire within. Everyone needs to know. It needs to be a huge part of, of your plan because getting the right people in your organization is key, especially during these times. So uh, we're gonna we broke this down in a few parts. We're gonna talk about why recruiting is important. We're gonna talk about how we did it, the exact process. We'll prove, we'll drop some framework, we'll give you proven processes that we used. Um, we'll share some lessons. Uh Believe it or not, we made some mistakes along the way. You don't need a physical office, Adrian. Not required. Just a bonus. Not required at all. All this stuff is done virtual. So um, don't go anywhere because you'll 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 get some value from this too. But uh, mistakes and successes, believe it or not, we're not perfect. We learned a lot from this, um, and there's a lot of things we did wrong, um, and we'll kind of share those. And then we'll also. Um, share some other value adds as far as maybe the onboarding process, the interview process someone asked about, uh, someone asked about recruiting um, uh, veteran agents. So we'll hit on all that. If we miss any of that, we'll have time for Q&A at the end. Um, and I want to ab absolutely make time to answer your questions. So why is recruiting important? I kind of hit on this at the in the intro, but is prospecting important to your agents? Is follow-up phone calls important to your agents? Absolutely it is. So your job as a leader, your new buyers and sellers are now agents. Treat them just that way. Make sure that you are recruiting with intention. Your intention matters. Just like your agent's intentions matter, so do yours as a leader. So the first step is get clarity on your goal of how, why you want to recruit, how many people you need, why you need them, and what how they're going to serve your organization and how you're going to serve them. So I'll quickly go over a formula um, that makes it pretty simple. 
I'm assuming all of you, I'm gonna make some assumptions, all of you on this webinar, if you're taking time out of your day to learn, you probably have goals set for this year. So whatever that transaction goal is for you this year, here's what I want you to do. If you run an organization, I want you to count every single agent that was on your team last year. I don't care if they were with you a day. I don't care if you hired them, they showed up in onboarding and left at lunch. I don't care if they were with your team the whole entire year. Everybody counts. Now I want you to take, so find out what that number is. Now I want you to take all of your transactions that you did last year. So for us, it was 730 transactions. We divided that by our entire agent count and we got our per person productivity. But Matt, not all of them were productive. Tell me how you know if someone's going to be productive if you hire them. You don't know. They could leave the first day. They could be the most productive agent on the planet. So there's both ends, right? This is called averages. This is how you grow a predictable business. So anyway, um, that's the math. It's pretty simple, right? You figure out how many, instead of trying to, here's, <clears throat> here's the game that I recommend you look into. There's a lot of coaches. There's a lot of people that are trying to increase per person productivity. And do I think skill sets are important? Do I think training is important in education? Absolutely. So much so that I took, uh, I had 18 people with me at Sales Mastery event to grow their skills. It's crucial to your organization. By the way, it's my third event in a row that I've been, been to of that same exact stuff. That's how important the skills are. But as a leader, you get sick and tired of being sick and tired and beating your head against the wall, trying to motivate unmotivated people and trying to squeeze every drop out of your people so they'll do one more transaction. Here's a quick exercise I'd like for you to do. This will help you get perspective, I hope. At least it did for me. What's your average transaction? What's your average GCI? Put all, do all that math. It's X, X hundred thousand dollars. I get two and a half percent, three percent, whatever your percent is, it equals this amount of GCI. Then I want you to put under that number, whatever that number is, how much time do you spend getting that next transaction? Now I want you to do another category. How long is my average agent with me on the team? What does my average agent produce per year? What does that equal GCI? And how much time do I spend chasing this little number versus this bigger number, which is the agent count? Instead of chasing transactions, attract, recruit the right people in your organization that can do those transactions. That's where true growth of organizations happened. Is that saying get rid of your skill set, get rid of your training, don't pour in your people? It's not saying any of that. So don't take that too far. But just think as an awareness exercise. We spend so much time doing real estate CPR, keeping this one transaction together, get this next commission. We don't spend near enough time getting the right people in our organization that can do more transactions for us. Because if you haven't experienced it yet, you will experience it in this market. Turnover is a thing in this business and you are going to lose people. So it's important you constantly are trying to attract or recruit the right agents in your organization. People move the money. People move the money. You need to focus on as a leader, quit chasing the money and chase the people that chase the money. Makes a big impact. It creates leverage in your life like you would not imagine. So I think that's important for an understanding um, perspective. Ryan, anything you want to add on that? Um, I think whenever you're looking at this, whenever you're running those calculations to see what your per person productivity is, um, it's important. The reason it's important to factor in everybody, whether they were on the team for a day, whole year, sold one house, sold 70, 
is like Matt said, you can't predict it. And as much as you try to go through that process of, oh, well, they're on our team, so they're going to be productive. They're going to do this, this, and this amount. We made, made that mistake. Made that mistake. A hundred percent. And uh, you get humbled by that whenever you actually start uh, diving in and attracting more people to your team and, uh, and and see people drop off or just not produce like you would think they would. Well, so, we, created the perfect, simple. we created the perfect storm. So let me just tell a quick story. We talked about this just a few minutes ago, Ryan. Is a perfect storm is here's the exact example. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I want you to understand from this mistake is number one, we had in 2021, we had an organization that averaged 50 plus per person productivity. That's where we got our number 15 rank um, in the in the nation is we had 18 people and we did how many transactions? 767 transactions. Like that's a massive business. And oh, my gosh, Matt's got it all figured out. But here's the part that you don't see and people don't give you the real story. What happened with those 18 people is I squeezed and squeezed and pushed and pulled and got every transaction I could out of them. And they had made more money the last two years than they ever planned on in their life. And guess what? They were burnt out. They wanted a break. They wanted to slow down. So does that mean I'm handcuffed as a leader down? I have to slow down my business or do I want to continue to grow to help other people? So the only way, if it hasn't happened to you yet, I'm here to tell you it's going to happen. Life happens to all of us. There's going to be agents that leave. There's going to be agents that something happens in their life. Maybe they move out of the area. Maybe someone, someone in their family gets sick. Like the be careful with the Navy SEAL model. I ran a Navy SEAL model and it worked great for a period of time. If you want a sustainable business, this is how you do it. No, I'm not saying create a body shop. There's a fine balance there, um, but you, it's very important you understand the why behind it before we dive into the how. All right, so I think I made it clear on the unmotivated agents. Here's, here's, what, here's what you need to do. You need to understand that this is the process, of this, this is a funnel. And Ryan loves this analogy when I use it, but it's like, if you go into baking a cake, Right. If you look on the back of the cake box, you have to put in the flour, you have to put in the cake mix, you have to put in the egg, you have to put in the, the oil, whatever. Right. And you have to bake it for a certain amount of time at a certain temperature. Number one, if you skip the eggs, the cake tastes like shit. Don't skip steps in this process. It is proven. You have to follow it. Number two, if you bake it, it to bake it at 350 degrees for 20 minutes, that doesn't mean that you can turn the oven up to 700 degrees and bake it for 10 minutes. The cake's going to burn. Follow the process. This is proven. So don't skip steps. And you have to do it all together as a package deal to get the proper results. So first thing that you need to do, create buy-in from your team. Your team has to understand the importance of growth. You have to deliver this message as the leader that I know you are on why it's important to grow. And they have to be bought in and understand that as we grow, we all grow together and it provides more opportunity, not less. You have to be great at delivering that message because if they are fighting against you, it's going to be very, very hard to grow and they're not going to want to grow with you and they're going to fight you the whole way. They don't want that. You don't want that. It's not good for your organization. So create buy-in for growth. So something that helps with that is if you do have an experienced agent on your team and say you're a few years in and that person that started out early on has seen that growth and seen the opportunity move, they're a great person to speak up and talk during that time. For me, I've been on the team since it was just me and Matt, since before we had a team. Um, and so I've been able to see that process of as we grow as a team, the agents on the team get more and more opportunity as well. It's easy for them to start thinking it's going to be less. That's natural human um, 
reaction to a growth situation is to be hesitant to it and for those um, selfish reasons. But if you can have somebody that's been on the team, have them speak up and give real life examples of, there's just two of us, I sold 10 houses. There's eight of us, I sold 40 houses. And actually see how that opportunity grows, that goes a long way with other people. 100%. And here's a great way to facilitate that just quickly, right? Um, is I'm learning to become a better leader every single day, got a long way to go. But you have to ask leading questions, right? Um, so raise your hand if anyone in this organization, raise your hand. Like, I believe that we have a great community, a great culture. We have a family-like atmosphere here at Matt Smith Real Estate Group. So I'm just curious, raise your hand if someone in this room has had a positive impact on your life. Everyone's going to say yes, right? They love their family. If you created a decent culture, they're going to say yes. So with that being said, what I'm hearing from you is that other people in this organization have helped you. Would this person share a story? Find a good story. Pick people out to tell a good story about how someone helped them level up in life. And now, because of that, guys, this is why I want to grow more. I want you to experience more of this. I want you to be able to help more people. And just like Bob's helped Susie, I want you, Susie, to be able to help more people now. And the only way I know how to do that is for us to continue to grow. And here's the opportunities we're creating through this growth. And we want to give back and contribute to this team in a much bigger way, contribute to our community. And here's the opportunities that we know we have in place. So we have room for this growth, right? Like you have to facilitate that in a very, very strategic way to create that buy-in. But what we were able to do is a lot of our people that got into this funnel of recruiting, our agents went out and found them. Here's the simple question that I asked. Do you guys like working here? Do you have fun? Is this a great environment? Yeah, it is. Okay, great. Do you know other amazing people that maybe work in a subpar environment that have subpar opportunities that would be a good fit in this organization? Friends that you know would be a good impact in this culture, that would be a good impact in this business, that it would be a great fit for them as well because they could provide more opportunity for them and their family? Awesome. We want them to join us. We created a, um, I think that was step one. We had that in a team meeting and we created a, uh, what do we call it? Like a recruitment bonus, basically. Um, On their fifth closed transaction, you can get creative with this, right? But we want to reward them. On their fifth closed transaction with the team, we give them a a recruiting bonus for bringing that person into the organization. We just grab them in our funnel, right? So now we're creating buy-in and other people are now vetting people for us because they understand the culture. They want to protect it. All right, let's get into the house, get the nuts and bolts of this. Um, enough rambling on from me. Um, so first and foremost, here's your action steps. You have to create a job ad. Sounds simple, right? But how you know how many real estate team leaders are looking to recruit that don't even have an ad up on Indeed or Wise Hire or Monster.com if it still exists on whatever. Any any single job platform, you have to have job postings up and you have to understand how that funnel works. And you have to realize crucial copywriting is key. Your job ad is a marketing piece. Be a salesperson. It has to be attractive. You have to talk about your accolades. You have to talk about success stories. You have to talk about um, your accolades of what you've accomplished as a team and how um, you need to be clear too. We have two different funnels that we run, unlicensed and licensed. So you make sure those funnels get get ran appropriately. Um, What's the best? We use Wise Hire and Indeed. Both of them work well. Um, we're getting ready to find out if uh, we can cancel Wise Hire because it's a little more costly to use just Indeed. But um, it just kind of depends on market. I hear really good things on Indeed and Wise Hire has worked great for us as well. Um, so you have to have job ads up. Let them know what the income potential is, what the time freedom potential is. Again, this is a marketing piece. This is a sales pitch in a job ad. 
when you have the actual interview with them, you have to be real and set proper expectations. But a mistake that we had made is I got pushback from someone, not going to mention who, on we don't want to lie to people on our job ads. And I understand that. We don't lie to people, but we also paint the prettiest picture that we can paint so we can get people to raise their hands to see if it's a good fit for them. So just make sure you have that delineation. It's so crucial. Your job ad is a sales pitch. Um, the funnel, when they apply, where do they go? Do you have a landing page that talks about all the amazing success stories of your team? Do you have a landing page with some webinars or testimonials of your team members that have had other success on, say, it's my unlicensed funnel? I want to talk about people that went from unlicensed to making $100,000 in their first year. Right? Like, I want to tell those success stories and I want to drive that traffic to that right place. It makes a huge, huge difference. Another way that we do that is we drive them to webinars, just like this one. You guys seen a little bit of our funnel if you're watching this right now. Um, but we did that to the consumer based upon our reputation and all those hand raisers we talked about earlier that talked about they want to get in real estate. They've always loved looking at houses or whatever it is they say. Here's your opportunity to learn more. So whatever those are incoming that you hear, take note of those and address those in all of your promos and advertising for your webinar. That is basically a career night webinar. That career night webinar gets people interested that they can watch as a replay. Here's, here's a mistake. Don't, don't do the career night webinar at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time like we did this one because those people that you want on your organization have a real job. I know real estate agents are at the office waiting on showings, and so they're able to watch this right now. But if they're not a real estate agent yet, they probably have a real job. You need to do it after hours where they can actually watch that with their husband, their, their wife, et cetera, right? I want to point out not... Don't overthink that. Um, Matt is extremely good at having an idea and taking action. Uh, the first time we set up that day in the life webinar, it was a Sunday and we did it on a Tuesday, I think. Thursday. So just a few days notice, just set it up, knock it out. And we had a lot of dozens of participants on that. First yeah, one. we had 80, 84 registrants on our very first one. Um, we ended up offering eight positions from the very first webinar we did. Right. And so, but it was because it was a message to market match. I had been taking inventory of all these things and all of our promos was talking to that audience, talking to that audience that wants time freedom, talking to the audience that wants money freedom, talking to that audience that loves the look of houses, talking to that audience that wants to remove the ceilings in their life. All the great things that this career provides, that's what your promo is about. And you get them in this webinar funnel. And here's a, here's a mistake I see people make with this funnel. Um, Sorry, I saw a question here. So here's a mistake that I see people make with this funnel is they plug and play. Guys, you have to be proactive. Like I didn't have the time, but I would have had double the, double the attendees here if I would have followed my own process. Like I broke my own rule. But each one of you should have gotten a text either the night before or two hours before from me personally. Hey, thank you so much for registering the webinar. I'm excited to break down this, this, and this. I'll see you there. In case you forgot, here's the link. That extra touch, that extra, and that's personal, right? That's not a mass platform. That's me going through each one individual. Makes a big, big difference whenever you add that personal touch. You have a way better show up rate. It opens the door for future conversations. It's a crucial part. Uh, so the webinar was, um, yeah, day in the life of a real estate agent is what we did. Um, and you can go, to, you can see me on my social pages like we just did one. Um, so you can go and follow the funnel there, see all that stuff there of what we did. And I'm going to break some of that down here for you. Uh, but day in the life of a real estate agent has absolutely killed it. Like we hear a lot of people do career nights, different things. I changed the name and the verbiage 
to to attract a different a different audience because I didn't want them to feel like they were applying for a job. I want them, they're curious about what a real estate agent does. I'm going to let them know what a real estate agent does. Another, um, another important thing to look at is if you're doing webinars, another one that I haven't launched yet, but I actually I have launched, I just haven't done it yet, is how to make $100,000 in real estate. For some reason, especially in our area, that number gets everyone's attention. It's not super unrealistic, but for a lot of people, it's a life-changing number. And I have a proven process that I've helped multiple people make $100,000 in real estate on my team. So I'm going to break down that process and I'm going to get other people in this funnel. Maybe they watched a day in the life already or maybe they haven't. But I'm going to attract those people on how they can make that amount of money for them and their family through real estate. So crucial that you have these value adds running. Um, another thing that we've added to it recently is these are now evergreen webinars. So what I mean by that is there's cool software out there like the one that you're on right now. It's called Webinar Jam that allows you to create these webinars. You do it one time and it constantly is rerunning. You set up the parameters. You can say it's always every time someone clicks in three minutes, the next one's starting. Right. Be careful with that so it doesn't feel too inauthentic. But what it does is it allows them to watch it at their convenience and allows you to keep multiple funnels going for it. Um, so it's a crucial part of it. Um, let's see the funnel, the webinar. So let's get into the guts of what the webinar is and is not. A webinar is not a pitch fest. Like I'll be transparent. One of the reasons I'm doing this is because this webinar right here is because I am a member of eXp Realty and I love having great people in my network. I'm also a real estate coach and I'm looking for coaching clients. But if I came on here and all I did was tell you, hey, I'm pitching you for do this, this and this, half of you would already left. By the way, I'm not going to pitch you for anything. I'm giving value. That's how the world works. I give you value. If it, if it resonates with you, you'll reach out to me. It's the same concept. So be careful. It's not a pitch fest. Number two is here's kind of the framework. I created two different line, like lines. I drew a line down the middle of a page and I said, here's what a typical real estate agent does. and Here's how we do it differently. And so if you're a team, here's an example. If you're a team, like you have leverage, you have leads, you have all these other, you have showing partners, you have ISAs, you have marketing, you have whatever it is that you have that is your value propositions for, for your agents. So how I would position that is, let's say it's leads as an example. Well, a typical real estate agent, um, a day in the life of a typical real estate agent looks like they spend the first two hours of their day um, going through lead sources, checking to see how much money they're spending on leads, seeing what leads they come in and where they can generate more opportunities so they can go out and find someone to call. Then they can find someone to show so they could potentially get a closing. What we do is a little bit different. And there's no right or wrong way, but how we do is a little bit different. On our team, we have a full-time marketing staff. We have lead generation. We have thousands of leads coming in every single month. We have tens of thousands of leads in our database that are constantly active on our website that are already there for our agents to just reach out and call. And sometimes our ISA department calls them and sends that to the agent to set an appointment. So that's what the typical agent does. And this is how we do it a little different. Which one sounds better, right? And so whatever your model is, you can position your model at a higher level. So the right people that it speaks to are like, ooh, I wanna get in real estate, but I think I wanna do it this way. That's, that's your quote unquote pitch. Uh, if you have any questions on that, let me know and I can go more in depth. But I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Ryan, anything you want to add to that? No, thank you for the recovery. Um, next, after the webinar, and I'll keep if you guys want to put that in the chat, I'll come back to it. But after the webinar, 
what you have to do, guys, is also think about what other barriers come in the way of people getting into real estate. They don't have a license or maybe they don't have the funds to pay for school or their dues. So I believe in removing those barriers. Second thing we did is we partnered with the real estate school. I called them up and said, hey, I have an office with the conference room. No one's ever done a real estate school in our area. I have 10 people that want to get the real estate test, but they don't want to drive to you. I need you to come to me. It's a win-win situation. They partnered with us. They did nights and weekends classes so that they could actually get that business. And then it was convenient for both parties. Those people that had a job and wanted to get in real estate could also work here. And it was it was a win-win situation. So we held real estate classes. Guys, we haven't held a real estate class in eight, nine months. I had someone I ran into yesterday while I was getting my haircut. They said, hey, you guys doing any real estate classes again soon? I've forgotten we did them. It's we, been so long. We've had multiple call-ins in the past week as well. But we're a value to our community, right? And we constantly are putting that message out. Here's another thing is that you have to be, be sure that when you're doing the real estate school, um, there's another opportunity there. And so what we did is we created a landing page. Um, whatever landing page system you use, we use lead pages. Um, it's pretty affordable, pretty easy to use. But what we create is a landing page for uh, people that are interested in getting the real estate license. And we target that to our day in the life audience, but also to other people. And then those other people, when they, once they register, guess what they see? A day in the life webinar if they want to learn more. And then our, our link is just a information gathering portal or landing page for them to go to the webinar or for them to go to, to the actual real estate school website. We don't collect payment. We don't, we don't do any of that. Ours is just a, a work through our advertising mints. Uh, our advertising collects that information from those potential um, agents that want to become, become licensed. Then next barrier. Well, I don't have any money. Real estate school is expensive. My dues are expensive. I don't want to pay for leads, whatever it is, right? We also offer a scholarship program. Do we offer it to everyone? Hell no, absolutely not. But to the right people that we believe in, that showed us they want to put in the work, that have made that extra effort, that we believe in are going to um, have a successful impact on our business. I look at growth as an investment, not an expense. And so am I willing to say it's $300 per person? Am I willing to invest? What's 300 times 20? 6,000? Am I willing to invest in 20 people? 6,000 bucks in a real estate school to grow, to reach our goals next year, without a doubt. But not all of them are going to qualify for the scholarship, right? So it's, it's, it's a, it's something that we are, that we offer up front to remove those excuses, those barriers to entry that sometimes people see in real estate. And a lot of times, a lot of times in the day in the life webinar, I'll break down what that looks like, what it doesn't look like so that they understand if they work with us, we can help guide them through that process and make it easier for them to get their license so that they can accomplish ABC through real estate. Um, just really quickly, another pitch on the uh, day in the life stuff is get a newer agent or get a different perspective. Get someone that is, um, yeah, we'll come back to the criteria for scholarship. Make a note that we come back to that. Um, great question. We have actually a sheet that I'll share with you. Um, but uh, make sure that you have someone else that's a good personality that's going to attract different people, right? Like the last one we did, I had one of our newer agents that she was a single agent and then she joined the team. And so she was pitching the benefits of the team from her perspective and just gives a different angle, uh, makes it very valuable to your audience. Um, Ryan, what else on that? Um, let's go back and talk about uh, sending a video if they're interested. 
That's something we Ooh, need to work on. Yes. So at the close, thank you, Ryan. Um, guys, this is crucial. I want I am I want people that want to work with us. So what I mean by that is at the end, how you close the webinar is crucial. It's like how do you close a prospecting call? How do you close a, a buyer's or a listing consult? It's closing matters, right? Um, you're all salespeople. You should understand that. So how you close this webinar is crucial. So if I were to do it in person, it would be people that I pick out, pick out that are very, very like interested, um, that I can read their body language, et cetera, because we are going to do an in-person version of this this year also. Um, I recommend you kind of think about doing a spinoff of that. Um, but now I can pick the right people that have shown interest and I can pull them to a side. I can give them a free swag hat or shirt or, um, or a, a cup or whatever, something that is branded our company. And I can say, hey, I noticed that you were really interested. I actually, um, I really wanted to chat with you. You got, you got three minutes real quick and pull them somewhere to the side and have a conversation about, hey, I don't do this for everyone. But I noticed that you were really engaged throughout this entire presentation. I really saw you taking notes at this part, what, whatever part it was, right? Um, and so I just, I, I think that, I don't know, I just, I get, got this gut feeling that uh, this could work with you and I. And so I just wanted to come and pull you aside and just say, if you're interested, We'd love to have an interview with you. We actually have interviews next week. How does Tuesday or Wednesday work better for you? Go for the close while you're there in person. So it's hard to do that via Zoom, but what can you do? There's a reason that I'm asking you guys to chat here. I know who's the most interested. I'm modeling this for you. Don't worry, I'm not going to bug and harass you. Um, I appreciate your chats. Um, but if this were that example, I know who is chatting what. I know who has good questions, who's engaged in this. Who is interested? Like one of the questions I ask the audience on a day in the life is um, how much money do you hope to make through real estate? What do you think the average home agent sells per year? How many homes? Like I ask them engaging questions. And so I can gauge their their um, their interest level, like on a scale of one to 10. How interested are you in becoming a real estate agent? Like I'll do that in the chit chat before we get going. And now I know who I'm, somebody that says they're at a 10. Like they're on my list. Right. And I'm going to be proactive. I'm going to recruit that person. It just I'm I'm fishing with dynamite. Right. But at the end. I want them to do something outside of their comfort zone to show me they're going to be committed to the business. And so you have to have a great presentation. It can't feel salesy. It can't feel like you're overpitching them. But at the end, you ask you have a big ask at the end. And so here's my ask. Hey, guys, thank you so much. I truly appreciate your time through this webinar. I hope it was informative. I appreciate all the interaction, the great questions. Real estate has been a life-changing career for me and my family and so many others on our team. I hope now you have all the information that you need. Um, here's what I would like for you to do. I know some of you are probably sitting there thinking, like, I maybe real estate's for me. And maybe this is something that I could do. It could set me up for success. And maybe I could achieve this, this, and this for my family. Or maybe I could have the more time or I could take my family on this vacation we've never been on. Or I could start investing in our future. I could buy some investment properties. I could pay off this debt. Whatever it is that you're maybe sitting there thinking. If that's you, here's what I would encourage you to do. Here is my phone number. I would love for you to text me a video text of what real estate means to you. Why it's important for you to join this career. And also, if you're interested in joining our team, why would you be a good fit? See who gets out of their comfort zone to pick up the phone, send a video, and send it to you. Guys, we had 12 of those within the first 20 minutes after our first webinar. Makes a huge, huge impact. 
but those people are now hand raisers, right? They're not just sending a text that they're comfortable with. Like there's people that just send a text. I said, uh, no video attached, right? Like that's how I responded because that's not what I asked for. If you can't follow instructions, you're not going to make it on my team. Right. Um, and so I give them another shot, but, um, there's also another software. If you, if you're like a tech person, um, we use spark hire for that now. So the last one we did, we just sent the spark hire link. I think we created a QR code where they could do the video text uh, or they could do it. It's a video interview platform that they can do. We ask the questions, et cetera. It's all saved. Um, and so it's the same concept, but it's just video. I want them out of their comfort zone. And I also want to see what they look like. I want to see how confident they are on in person meeting with people. I want to see how quick they take action. It's a lot, a lot of tests going on. So what happens is when you're on a growing phase, sometimes you waste a lot of time um, maybe interviewing the wrong people or having conversations with the people that you don't want to have conversations with. And I don't get to see them over the phone. I can't see them over an email. I can't see what they look like, how they react in a, in a resume. And so video text is the way that I found to do that. All right. Um, uh, Matthew Walker, uh, we'll get to that question at the end. Uh, it's a great question. Um, I think there's a way that you can do both. And so we'll hit on that in, in just a little bit. Let's talk about mistakes, Ryan. Uh, I mean, I know we're perfect, right? So we didn't make many. Before we get to those one or two minimal mistakes we made, <laughs> um, let's circle back to that scholarship uh, hmm. criteria. Uh, just real quick, and this can you can make this whatever makes sense for your team. Um, just kind of a broad guideline for how we did that was, of course, if we thought that they'd be a good fit based on how they've been interacting and participating, um, their video uh, messages that they sent. Um, but the kind of a way we set that up was, we would pay for their real estate school, that expense for them, but they need to get it done within a certain amount of time. So for us, that was 60 days. If they didn't pass the state licensing test um, and federal licensing test the first try, we'd give them another 30 days. If they ended up not being able to complete that, they would have to reimburse us. And then we also had some additional stipulations that if they did come onto our team, um, if they did not meet certain requirements on our team and left within, you know, within the first year um, or, di or didn't meet other production requirements and they needed to reimburse us for those costs. Yeah. So we tied it in. We made it um, pretty heavy in our favor. Uh, are we frozen guys? I see someone said we're frozen. Let's pretend not to move Ryan and see if they notice. <laughs> I only see one comment of frozen. So I'm going to assume we're good. Or unless no others are coming through because we're frozen. Okay, we're good. Cool. Thanks, guys. Sorry, we had internet problems, so I just want to make sure we're good. Appreciate the, the feedback there. Um, so that, uh, who was that? Uh, Tammy, that may be on your end. Um, so, guys, what we did is we really put the scholarship program, we used it as a marketing ploy, right? Like, hey, we're dangling this carrot. Like, we know a lot of people struggle with getting into real estate. The first 90 days, we tell our agents not to expect an income because it takes a while to build your business. Like, we give them the real news. But because of that, we have also created a scholarship program to ease that pain for you to make it easier for you to get into the business, right? Just a sales pitch, right? Get creative with this stuff. Um, but that's in all of our marketing. That's in all of our videos. Like I do selfie videos, lives and all that stuff. Like I marketed that like crazy to our entire environment. Um, I asked the chamber to send that stuff out, right? Like I'm, I'm all in. Um, I got a brand called All or Nothing in Real Estate. It's just how my brain works. So I'm going to do it all chips on the table, right? And so... But what we did is we heavy stacked. I'm reading through our agreement now um, is that they would reimburse us for, I think, $395 is what the school costs. So we would pay that up front. 
But if they did not do X, Y, and Z and left our team before the four, first full year and didn't meet the requirements, they would either, depending on how they left, they would pay us back the tuition fee, but they would also pay us a, um, what do we call it? Um, a training, a training fee of some sort. And it was extensively more over 10 times more than what the licensing fee was right. To hold them accountable to actually sticking through this. And like, before we give them money in a scholarship, they're committed to a year to make a career out of this. So we're not just giving away money for free, right? Like we're making sure that they're committed to this business. And speaking of that tuition cost, speak with your local real estate schools that you're partnering with. Cause likely if you're going to bring them so much business, they may be able to cut you a deal on yep. the cost. Yeah, we got a discount code. I think we got $100 off or something like that. So um, just work. Every school is different. Um, we're not affiliated with the school. I did. I chose not to for our state. And so it was just a, a we were a work through, went straight to their stuff. Um, but I'm using this as an investment in my growth, right? Um, let's talk about mistakes. Um, guys, here, I'll just be honest with you. There is so much shit on this that we just failed miserably at, right? Um, 20 agents in 30 days going from a 20 agent team to a 40 agent team overnight. Like it is, it was, um, wasn't smooth sailing, right? So we learned a lot of lessons. Um, number one, your onboarding is crucial. You need to make sure that you have an onboarding process. Someone that owns it, have a clear system and a clear process for your onboarding so that it's not complete chaos. Real estate is chaotic enough without adding in these unnecessary chaoses. Um, you need to have one person accountable to that onboarding process. That's something we messed up because if you have multiple people that think they're accountable to it, nobody is. And things will slip through the cracks and it'll be chaos. Um, it's just not going to get done right. Yep, that's true. Two equals zero, right? Um, if you follow EOS uh, model, that's where we learned that. Two equals zero. You may think... That well, if two people are looking out for it, then it's gonna make we're gonna make sure it gets done. But what happens is that's where the miscommunication happens. One person owns it, and it's their responsibility. Um, so on that, so when you're onboarding them, number one, don't make exceptions in your onboarding. If you were to go start at some other job, name any job and that you were gonna go start at, what do they give you every time they hire you? They give you a start date. But somehow in real estate, we think, oh, well, shit, you can start tomorrow. We'll figure it out. Oh, you don't have your license? No worries. You'll get that Tuesday. So just go ahead and come in on Monday. No problem. And you get them started. And then on Tuesday, they leave. So they miss a day. And then they don't pass their test. And then it gets pushed. And you're kicking the can. We start onboarding minus seven days. We have an onboarding day every single month. And that's the day you start or you don't start here. Of course, we um, cushion that message. But I promise you, if you don't do it that way, you will change it very quickly because you'll learn the same painful lessons that we learned. Ultimately, we make those adjustments and we make those exceptions because we think it's going to help those individuals, but it doesn't. It makes it worse onboarding experience for them. They hate the career. They get out early. They don't, we're not setting them up for proper success. So it's so crucial that your onboarding is done in groups and your onboarding has a clear plan and everyone, like our onboarding starts minus seven days. In minus seven days, part of the requirement is you have your license at that time. And so we start onboarding before you actually onboard. We give you videos to watch. We give you stuff to read. We give you homework to do. Because what we also have realized is not everyone's level of commitment is the same. And we want to test their level of commitment before we even waste time with them in our door. And I, I hate saying waste time because I don't feel like we're wasting time with anyone. However, I'm a highly committed person, but I'm only committed to those that are committed to me. 
And if they're not willing to show me commitment, then I can't really, I can't meet them in the middle. And so like we asked them to do a sphere of influence list. We asked them to sign up on these websites, watch these videos that we can track to see if they watched. Um, just different little things like that to kind of get tested before they get their foot in the door. So we're not wasting our time or we're not wasting their time um, with uh, with onboarding classes that are irrelevant because they're not going to make it in our team or, or 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 in the business. I want to make sure to drive on this point of not making exceptions there. If you've got somebody that's been working, they've been working their ass off. So you're like, OK, they should get their our, our onboarding date is Monday. They should they're taking their test on Tuesday. So like, we don't want to make them wait another two weeks or four weeks, whatever your timeline is. Um, let's let's get them in there. So they start on Tuesday, but they don't really start on Tuesday because now you're backtracking, getting everything to the broker. They maybe got to drive or take their results there to get their work permit. Uh, they don't have access to the MLS system or they haven't done their board, uh, local board um, onboarding yet. It just makes everything chaos and rushed and things get missed and it leads to a much worse experience for them, for whoever's helping onboarding, and it's not worth it. We tried that. It took us a couple times to yep. learn that lesson. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, so, so crucial. Um, also, here's a mistake on onboarding. And this, like, it goes into recruiting, right? Um, but if you don't have a good onboarding process, here's what I found. is people will stop the recruiting because they don't have onboarding figured out. So onboarding is a part of recruiting, and you cannot convince me otherwise. Because if you don't have a dialed-in onboarding system, you're not going to recruit at the level that you could recruit at. So onboarding is crucial. Don't get me wrong. Don't stop. No, it's never going to be perfect. Don't stop recruiting. We made that mistake, too. We'll get into that in a second. Um but you have to set proper expectations with these new hires. There's a difference in an interview and selling them to be part of your organization to, all right, now it's go time. We both agree it's a good fit. Here's the real conversation. Here's what real estate is. Here's what it's not. Are you willing to commit to this, this, and this is going to take to make it in this business? And we test them up front. So a lot of people call their onboardings boot camps. What is a boot camp? It's tough. You have to wake up early. You have to work hard. It's teaching you that those lessons early. It's teaching you that perseverance. You're getting those calluses of what it's going to take to be successful in. Like give a military boot camp. Like when you think of boot camp, what do you think of? It's hard ass work. Well, so is real estate. And quit sugarcoating your onboarding. Set proper expectations and make sure like something that we just added to our onboarding is every single day you prospect for two hours a day while you're onboarding. You're doing this training, this training, this training, but you're also prospecting for two hours a day. In addition to that, you're role-playing for one hour a day. We're building that callus. Now, if I get someone that goes through the entire onboarding process and they prospect two hours every single day for the first 14 days and they role-play one hour a day, how much better is that agent going to be set up for success after the boot camp versus me sugarcoating and allowing them to skip role-play because it's uncomfortable? Or I don't, want, I don't know what to say yet. I'm giving them old leads so they build that, that muscle memory. And if they stir one up, great. Right. Like, but the goal is to get them that skill set that is necessary so they can graduate boot camp. Anything you want to add on that? In the boot camp, that's going to be those expectations like Matt just talked about, getting them uncomfortable, but it's going to be the basics. Like, they are not going to learn everything they need to know, and you shouldn't even attempt to tell them everything they need to do in a two week time frame, for instance. A lot of what they need will learn is going to be whenever they actually get experiential learning, whenever they actually start working with clients further down the road. So don't, don't try to cram everything into those two weeks. It's the basics, it's the systems, it's the processes, 
but it's not the fine details. 100%. Um, talk about what's after the first 14 days. Yeah, so after the first 14 days, um, that's whenever the boot camp is. That's whenever they'll kind of pass the script test at the end, whatever you guys end up setting up. Um, and we say 14 days, that's what works for us. Yours may be, di- may yeah, be different, be right? Completely different. Um, after that, though, there's still going to be requirements that they need that they need to reach. Like for our team, something that we've put in place is they need to make a certain number of calls or have a certain number of conversations every single workday for the first 90 days. Um, there's also that they are expected to get their first contract within so many days. So setting those expectations makes it clear to them that, all right, this is what I need to do now that I'm through that boot camp, and here's where I'm going. And here's the timeline for it, and here's the um, repercussions if I don't. Yeah, and it's it's Monday through Friday. Yes, great question. Um, we we don't we don't kill them up front, even though real estate's not a Monday Friday job. Um, that's that's when we can manage it and do that. Um, yeah, Adrian, we'll get to that question just uh, in just a just a minute. Um, so let's see. Yeah, so onboarding. And training are two different things, but also training and skill building are two different things. So what I mean by that is I got this from my coach, my mentor, my good friend, John Cheplak, is there's five steps to productivity. And you guys should probably write this down if you don't know it by if you can't sing this um, in your sleep and you don't see pictures of it in your sleep like I do, because it's been so ingrained in me. uh, You need to write these down. Number one is training. You have to have great training. That's the first step to productivity. Number two is action. You can't be productive if you don't take massive action. Number three is accountability. If you're not willing to be held accountable to taking action on what you learned and what you were trained on, then you can't do number four, which is skill building. So as you will notice, there's three steps between two steps between training and skill building. Because you can't build skill if you don't take action, you're not accountable to that action and those that training that you learn. And so skill building is, is a separate, separate part. There's a training, but there's also an accountability piece that is very, very important to be productive and continue to build that skill. And step number five is recommit. You always have to tie a commitment and hold someone accountable to a goal in a time frame. So that, that's a whole nother webinar, uh, but that's, that's a very, very important takeaway for you. Um, that's literally every single coaching session that I have with my agents. We talk about those, right? That's, that's the basics. It goes back to it over and over and over. Like, have you, you have the proper training to be successful? Have you taken the appropriate action that we made it clear you need to take? Are you willing to be held accountable to that action? Because you said you did, but here's what the CRM shows you did not. So that that's where it stops, right? You literally start at the top. Well, I, you're not accountable to that action. So let's go back to the action. Once you take the right action, then we'll see where the skill is missing. Like it literally goes in that steps. And every single coaching session with your agents, you can go through that framework and have a coaching conversation with them. Um. You also need a checklist, right? So you have to have a checklist for all your documents. Make sure that it's uh, just a duplicatable process. Um, All right. Here's the biggest mistake that we made. The biggest mistake we made in this whole entire process was we stopped recruiting. It was an absolute shit show. It was chaotic. We had all these people. We didn't know how to manage them. We didn't know how to train them. We didn't know who was coming, who was going. Um, It was just absolute shit show. So we just said, ah, let's just pump the brakes. We ended up turning away good people that were already licensed. We ended up um, not giving the right value because here's what here's what I will tell you. It's way easier to onboard five people than it is one person because they onboard in a group. They onboard together. KFR. That's right. Never stop. Learn from me. Um, 
even if you feel like you're at capacity, you still need to have those conversations. You need to line out the door of waiting for new people because you cannot. Here's another quick tangent. But a lot of people are, are scared of if you're recruiting, you're growing. Um, if culture is important to you, you may uh, lose some of your culture. I was challenged from this on stage and a very, very great question was asked. You're talking about you're going to double your team size. Imagine that. I said something and we followed through and did it. Um, it's called commitment. Um, but I said we're going to double in team size. But my speech that I had just given for an hour was talking about culture. And we have great people and we're amazing and everyone's doing this. And so the question was something along the lines of, well, as you grow, are you scared that um, you talk about culture? You talk about you love your people you pour in. Aren't you scared your culture is going to get affected when you when you double in size? So my answer was very simple. It's a great question, number one. And yes, culture is going to change. It is going to. But who says it has to change for the worse? What if instead of recruiting to your culture, you actually look into your culture, look in the mirror, remove your ego and say, what could be improved about my culture? And then those people that you hire on that you bring in are a walking embodiment of those improvements needed. And then you elevate those people that are doing those things. Like here's a real life example that a lot of people, including my team, the action that it takes to be successful in this market has changed over the last six, 12 months. No one can deny that in every single market in the country, the actions that it takes to be successful have changed. How many agents are actually taking those different actions and changing those actions on a daily basis? Very, very few. So what if I could hire new people that don't know what actions it used to take? And I bring them on and onboard them properly and tell them this is the expectations, hold them accountable to it. And they're taking those actions and they start seeing results. And then the OGs on the team are like, holy shit, Matt wasn't just saying it. it's actually working for this newbie. Maybe I should do it, too. And we all a rising tide rises all ships. Literally, the last webinar I did was um, a brand new agent that has been a walking embodiment of this. His very first six months in the business closed 30 transactions. He's the first one in the office, takes the most action, is always willing to learn, always willing to contribute. You need good people like that in your organization to grow your organization culture together. So as you grow, yes, culture is super crucial. But your culture can actually improve as you grow. You just have to do it very strategically. Um, Let me hit on something yep. there. I was, a, I was a strong proponent of hitting the brakes. Um, and a lot of that probably was selfishly because a lot of that chaos was on me in my position. Um, and I felt like it's a necessity and I highly regret that decision. And here's a couple of reasons why you can't know that everybody's going to be successful. Can't make people successful. You're just facilitating an environment for them to choose to be. And by pausing our recruiting, we, like Matt said, turn away people that would have been a great fit and never found out about other people that could have been a great fit. So because we stopped putting out that message, no telling who we could have on our team now that we don't because we stopped. And our recruiting last year at this time has led to us having some absolutely amazing people on our team that haven't even been here for a whole year that I could not imagine not being on our team. They've had such a positive impact. Some have left and that's fine, that's gonna happen, but they've had such positive impact that we would be doing them and ourselves a disservice by not putting that message out there to attract more of the right people. 100%. So KFR, whoever put that, 100%. You are correct. Um, recruit to subculture, talked about that. Um, guys, that's the process, 20 agents in 30 days. Um, that was it. Like, literally follow that funnel. Let me share a value for you really quick. Um, let's see. Where is it? 
There we go. Let me let me hit on a couple things real quick yep. um, to kind of wrap that part of it up is everybody you bring on is not going to work out. There's multiple multiple reasons that can be. Some of them are they just got into it and straight up don't enjoy the work of a real estate agent. That's not bad on them. It's not bad on you. They just took getting into it to figure that out. Um, some people you found just weren't committed enough to the process to find any level of success. Um, some people you brought on turned out to not be a good culture fit. And you may have had to let them go or have them realize that they weren't a good fit. Um, also, sometimes uh, people come on thinking they're in a good enough financial position to get started in this business and weren't. Um, so they financially had to leave before they really caught that momentum to start getting a business built. Um, you're going to have that turnover. You're going to have those people leave, but you can't find the great people that are going to have that positive impact on your team without going through that process and a little bit of that disappointment of people not making it long-term. 100%. Thank you, Ryan, for that. Um, guys, I'm going to share my screen. Um, you guys see my screen okay? All right, so here's the proven process. I'll send all this out. Um, I, if Would this be valuable? Let me know in the chat. Would you guys want me to send this out via email so you guys have copies of this? This is just a kind of a step-by-step -step framework of stuff that we put together that we have used um, kind of in a marketing, marketing platform um, of what to do, how this process works, um, how to leverage a real estate school. Awesome, cool. So if you signed up and registered for this webinar, we will send these out. Um, here's a, a letter of agreement uh, for scholarship for our, uh, scholarship program. Um, so we've created all these again. They're just marketing pieces. They're not our actual documents. Um, but, uh, yeah, we have your emails if you registered. So we'll share that with you. Um, something else. Um, I want to go into some Q&A. Q &R, uh, Q &A. Um, but guys, like I said, I wouldn't pitch you and I'm not pitching you. But I see a lot of great questions in here. Um, and I am a real estate coach and I love coaching, and helping people. And so this is not uh, anything to pitch you guys paying me any money. Uh, but if you have an in-depth question on something that we don't get to today and cover up that you really want to to dive deep in, scan this QR code, fill out the form, and we will schedule a free uh, free strategy session um, to answer, dive deep in those questions and and maybe discover if we'd be a good fit for coach, coaching. If nothing else, it'll get you on my calendar so we can have a conversation in-depth on your situation. Um, so that means that I'll leave that up. If you want to scan that QR code, I'm going to go through and answer some of these questions. Um, Paul, do you have someone who can help me set this stuff up? Um, no, I do not, Paul. That's uh, unfortunately on you, my friend. Um, that's, yeah, I'll give you the steps in the process, but I can't do the work for you. Um, thank you for the reminders. It's a numbers and strategy game, 100%. Um, I'll turn over to Ryan's point. I'll turn over isn't bad, right? Sometimes turnover is good. Sometimes turnover is, <laughs> John Sheplak told me, sometimes you got to shoot a hostage. What he means by that is we've all been handcuffed before by, by people, right? Or people that are pushing against the process. Um, and those people, sometimes you have to remove them from your environment so everyone understands, oh, crap, there is actually opportunity here. Um, how to step out to onboard new agents. Yes, this is recorded. We will send the recording out. Uh, what's the size of your local team? Uh, right now, we're at 34 agents, 35. We just hired one. We got three more, four more onboarding next month. Um, so we're at 30, 35 agents right now. Uh, who are they calling during onboarding? Is there a promise of leads? Do they earn 
have to earn. Great question, Brian. Uh, so during onboarding, we are constantly adjusting and tweaking this. And so what we've just went to is we have one person that is in charge of onboarding and owns that. And that is the person they reach out to. Right. So that's the person constantly that they're reaching out to over and over and over again. Um, so that's kind of where it goes uh, goes first. They're the go to. We also have squad leaders in place. And then we have myself or Ryan uh, that needs to get something above and beyond that. But they go to the onboarding person first. Unless it is a negotiations contract question, then it goes to their squad leader that helps them with the sales aspect of that. Um, but yes, there's one person for onboarding. He may be asking about who they're calling their prospecting. Okay. Um, yeah, so we're old leads, right? Go through an old pond, inactive pond, um, anything that is not your agents aren't working that could be opportunity. Like we all have agents, we all have leads in our database that haven't been worked properly that have, are still looking to buy or sell. Um, so find those old leads that doesn't take it away from your active agents, but just go to a pond or that's something like that's that set. We don't turn them on new lead flow until they've graduated boot camp. They have to graduate boot camp. They have to pass script tests. There's a process involved with that. Um, is there a process, uh, promise of leads? <clears throat> so no, don't fall in that trap. If you promise them leads, how you onboard them is how you offboard them. If you promise them the best split, you promise them all these leads, you promise them this, and then something happens like this market shift. How many team leaders right now are caught with their pants down because they promised X amount of leads to their agents and then lead flow overnight, just cut in half, right? Now, what are you going to do? Sorry, leads are down. I don't know what to tell you, agent. You lied to them. How does that inhibit your relationship with that agent? Don't promise leads. Promise I will give you all the opportunity that I can. We have this great culture. We have this, we have this. Here's proven track records of success and make sure that you be careful what you promise because you better be a man or, man or woman of your word. And so, no, we don't promise any of that. And yes, they do have to earn leads through, um, we have we have agent levels that we go through. And so depending on their their commitment level, the effort, their work ethic, their skill sets that they build, um, how they show up in the environment, there are levels based on production and based on participation where they get higher and higher opportunities or more bottom of the funnel leads depending on certain sources, et cetera. Um, but they, have to, they do have to earn that um, through onboarding. And we have a high level of accountability on the backside that here's how we, operate our leads. And so these are all team leads. And if you want to keep those team leads, you fall within this framework. Um, and everyone's very transparent on the same page of what those rules are. Because we we believe here that we are our job is to give the client the best experience. And it's not about my leads or my this or my that. It's us as a team giving that client the service they deserve. Uh, did you hire a recruiter? Nope. Uh, followed this process. And it was uh, um, my leadership team. Uh, we did. I did a lot of it. We had a sales manager at the time that helped a lot of it. Um, so it was our leadership team that did that. Um, I would love to hire a recruiter. Uh, if you know one, um, I'm looking. So um, I would love to, so I don't have to do it. I got enough hats that I'm wearing. Uh, how many interviews? Antoine, what's up, my man? How many interviews do you conduct with a recruit before offering a spot on the team? Um, so we've changed our process. Right now we do a spark hire. We do a, after the spark hire, do we do a phone interview still? No. So spark hire interview, and then we set up an in-person interview from there if we like the spark hire. We used to have all this big, complicated calculus process. And we like, here's a mistake that I, I made. I remember catching myself saying it in my onboarding class 101, because I do the first class with the agents. I want them to tell my, I want to tell my story and them to feel my passion for this business. Right. Um, and so part of that, I would say, well, you guys understand how hard it was to get, get a job here. I'm like one of the, one day I just caught myself. I'm like, why in the hell am I making it hard to work here? Like I'm wearing that, like it's a badge of honor. Like we make it so difficult for you to work here. I don't want to make it difficult. I want to make it easy. I just want to have the right um, filters in place to make sure that we are bringing on the right people, make sure they're a good culture fit, et cetera. 
And here's another thing. I meant to mention this earlier. Let me just tell you this. Your picker is broken. Your picker is broken. You don't know who's going to be successful in this business. You have no clue. We've all had those people we got on. We're so excited. They're going to crush it. And they come in and fall flat on their face. We've also had those people who are like, oh, shit, I need agents. I don't really know if I should hire this person. And they come in and just absolutely dominate, right? Um, and if you don't know, believe me, that's how it works. You don't know until you know. And so give them an opportunity, set clear expectations, hold them accountable. Hire, I used to say hire slow, fire fast. Um, hire medium um, and fire fast. If they're not falling within the expectations, give them an opportunity to correct, but get rid of them if they're not a good fit. Um, but give them an opportunity. Um, I want to share something else too. Let's see. I want to also share... Um, I got some, we got another uh, webinar that we're doing too, guys. Um, so our team actually, I'm going to go keep going through the questions, but I just want to give you guys first dibs to sign, sign up for our next webinar. If, if any of this was helpful, you want more information, I'm committed to giving back to this industry. And so um, maybe you can benefit. But in the month of December, our team set 103 appointments in four days. Again, not bullshit, not clickbait, true proven process that we've done. I've zoomed into a couple of teams and shared this process that they really enjoyed. And so I'm going to do it to everyone. Um, we have broken it down in 10 steps, how we created that, what we did, what we did wrong, what we did great, um, and what you can, how you can learn from it. And so scan that uh, QR code if you want to go ahead and sign up and register for that webinar we're doing February, February 9th, it looks like. Um, and so on the interview, Antoine, um, in person, if we feel good about them, we'll hire the, offer them the job on the spot. Um, if it's something we need to talk about, we talk about that as leadership team and then make a decision and get back to them. Um, but we used to require this. We required this big application, then a resume, then this. And we just eliminated most of that because ultimately we can't tell who's going to be successful until we get them in the environment. Can I ask what you tell them to prospect besides the old leads you give them? Number one, Adrian, we have a we have tens of thousands of leads in our database. So we have plenty of leads for them to call two hours per day. But part of the requirement too is to bring 50 sphere of influence and they have to contact each and every one of them. Um, so that really takes up a lot of their time too. And we give them a script for that um, to make sure that they are letting everyone know that knows them, likes and trusts them, that they are in real estate and here's how they can help. Let's see, making sure I didn't miss any questions. So is this most effective for building a traditional team? Do you find this as valuable for building your revenue share network? Um, so great question. I think some of this stuff is designed for my traditional team, but you can also do that. Um, I mean, I kind of gave you my secret there, right? Like my, my subtle play here is hopefully some people find enough value for my webinars that I do that they want to partner with me on a deeper level. And one of the ways to partner with me on a deeper level is through coaching or through EXP partnership. And so I think you can do it for both. Just a different, different perspective there. Ultimately, it has to come from value first, and that's uh, that. That's how I look at it. And just wherever the whoever's watching, it just comes down to what their needs are. Mm -hmm. Are we good fit? Awesome. If not, I'll do another one, and hopefully, the next webinar is valuable for you as well. Oh uh, yeah, I think we answered that. For marketing funnels, do you recommend a specific service like ClickFunnel or Kajabi? Um, so marketing funnels, um, there's so much software out there. Great question. Um, be careful that you don't become over techie, right? Uh, so we keep it simple. Uh, we just upgraded to Webinar Jam, which is what we're doing this webinar on. Um, it, it eliminated a few uh, quirks that we had through 
uh, Zoom and lead pages integration. Um, so I highly recommend Webinar Jam. It's been great for us so far, but we use lead pages for a lot. It's very, very cost effective, very user friendly, creates a lot of uh, landing pages that you can uh, use it with Zapier to integrate with different things. And so what we had used first was Zoom webinars, Zapier to integrate Zoom webinars to lead pages, which is where we captured the information. Um, so ClickFunnels is expensive, Kajabi is pretty expensive and they're pretty high tech. Um, Webinar Jam, uh, we're looking into this on our next webinar, also has a spot where you can do landing pages through their software too. And so if it's an all-in-one platform, it's always better. Um, it just depends on cost and what you're looking for. ClickFunnels is a great tool, Kajabi is a great tool, uh, but I've not used either one of them and I think they're excess for marketing funnels for this sort of thing. Uh, when we moved to EOS, um, shit, year ago? Year and a half ago. Year and a half ago. Completely changed our business. Completely changed how we do things, positions on our business. Um, if you're looking into it, um, I recommend reading a few books that they have. Uh, one of those is What the Heck is EOS? One of them is Traction. And another is Rocket Fuel. I would start with What the Heck is EOS or Traction. Traction, probably. Yep. Uh, QR code. Schwartz, what uh, what QR code isn't working? Was it the coaching one or was it the uh, the webinar? I just tested both when they're working on my end. Oh, let's see. And EOS is a constant improvement. It's a great system, but you have to continue working on it. Um, and Schwartz, if you need a code to something, dude, just text me. Uh, you got my number and I'll get you whatever you need. Um, we became a lead machine. It was a mess. Resetting that now. Yep. You give agents leads that they don't work and it's just a, it's not good for anyone. Uh, looking into social media scheduler to help our marketing coordinator. Yes, we do. I just don't know what it, what it is. Amanda, reach out to me um, through one of those links or send me a message um, on a social platform that you follow me on. And I'll have, be happy to connect you to our, uh, our marketing director so that you can figure out what the, what those tools are. Cause they do all that. I don't know what it is, but there is a schedule that we use. We have, six people on our marketing staff now. And so a lot of that is, is planned in advance um, when we build those funnels. So I'm happy to share that information. I just don't know what it is. So reach out to me and I'll get you that info. Paul, email me about your coaching program. Paul, let me pull the QR code back up, my friend. And if you're interested, just go ahead and uh, um, scan that QR code. Take three minutes to fill out the form and we will set up a call. Alex, thank you for your uh, kind words. I uh, hope this was helpful. I love helping people. So, marketing staff in house or VA both. Uh, marketing staff uh, have three in house and uh, two virtual current, three virtual currently. So we outsource some of the posting content, the scheduling, um, and we also um, do uh, video editing. Um, there's a lot of very, very talented people um, that are that are virtual assistants. Are we call them our international team? They're phenomenal. Um, do an amazing job for us. Coaching links back up. Is it working now? Um, if it's not working, I can just give you the link. Let's see, I'll put the link in here too. Oh, okay. You got it. Cool. All right, guys. Any other questions? Well, I appreciate you guys attending. Um, if you also 
I feel like I said I wasn't going to promote anything, um, but this is all free stuff, guys. Uh, if you want some more information like this right here, um, this is our link tree for my all or nothing. Uh, yes, this is recorded, Steve. This is my link tree for all or nothing. You can follow. We have I do a podcast every single week. We do a lot of these webinars. Um, we do a lot of this stuff. So if you want to follow us on social, you want to reach out to me with those questions more in depth. You can follow me on all platforms here um, or whatever platform you use. Uh, sign up for the next webinar. There's coaching opportunities there. All of it's there. Um, so just go ahead and scan that if you want to follow. You want more information and we will catch you guys at the next one. Appreciate you. See you guys.